So good to see you and what a, a privilege and a, what a blessing it is to be able to share the Word of God with you this morning. You know, uh, I'm going to talk about two commands that Jesus addressed personally. And they're both, uh, they're not about rules, so don't get nervous. We're not going to have a long list of rules this morning. But we're going to talk about love. And you say, well, command and love. I didn't think you could command love. Well, if it's eros, you can't. If it's phileo, you can't. If it's agape, you can. God's love. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. The greatest commandment. Well, that in itself almost tells you that you need to pay attention. (laughs) The greatest commandment. The first question has to do with our relationship with our Creator. And the second question today has to do with our relationship with those who know God and those who seek to know God. You really can't love God if you make no effort to know Him. There's a saying that says, to know Him is to love Him. And I know right now, if you really know the Lord Jesus Christ today, you love him. Because I tell you, I think what excites me so much about the Lord Jesus Christ, and I studied when I was uh, my younger years, I studied many years about the Old Testament and the New Testament, and the Old Testament's important. And the God of the Old Testament is important. But what is so great is when God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the very epitome of love. And he is the, he, he, I think Jesus Christ really showed us the heart of God. And I'm so grateful that we see the, in the life of Christ and how he, he shows us God's grace and God's mercy in our lives. Let's pray before we continue. Bow your heads with me. Precious Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, we pray you'll invade our hearts in this hour. Help us to be put, put everything aside so we can hear your voice this morning. Not this servant of yours, Lord, but we want to hear from your Holy Spirit today so we can come to love you more than we ever have the way you love us. In the precious name of Christ, we pray. Amen. You take your smartphones or your Bible, and if we'd open up to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Now, we're not going to really go over these verses, but here you find in Deuteronomy chapter 5, you find the Ten Commandments given by God to Moses and And so these are not laws to put heavy chains around your neck. No, they are there to set you free and to avoid the pain that comes from doing life the world's way. Many times it's our way. The must-nots, that's not our message today. 
that I can remember as a small boy. Uh, how many of you can remember going to grade school and you looked up front and what you saw was the big chalkboard and on one side you saw the Ten Commandments listed? In public school, you won't see that in, well, yeah, I don't think today. The other side, you might have seen the American flag and we all would say a pledge of allegiance to that. But mom and dad, you dads here, we have so many wonderful young couples in this church and that's one reason my wife and I, we love to come here because of the youth and because of all the potential that is here in this church with the young couples and the young families and our pastor today, you know, he's, he's, I'm here today because of a father's love. Did you know that? There's a father at home with that new baby because of the love. And I've got three daughters and I love them. And they, you know what? It didn't take them very long to wrap me around their fingers. So right now, to pray for Pastor Ryan, he's getting wrapped up. And he's home because he loves his family, and I commend that as a, as a former pastor. I, I, I should have spent much more time with my family. You know, love is, is something special, and what makes it so special, sometimes it overrides everything else, is sacrifice. I'd just like to thank my wife today do you know, uh, I won't tell you how many years ago it was, but the three score and ten plus a few. <laughs> I was born in Winter Haven, Florida in the hospital, and a few hours later, Sharon Ruth Chisholm was born. Did you show them who you are? <laughs> so we started out, I might have told you this before, but we started out together. We were born in the same hospital and uh, all these years, over 50 years of marriage, and, and what makes our love so great is the sacrifice, the many sacrifices that have been made, and most of them by my wife. So thank you, dear. I love you. And I love you with an agape love and all the others too. <laughs> But Deuteronomy chapter 5, we have those listed there, the must-nots. But here I want to give you Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you look at chapter 6, verse 7, 8, and 9, we have, for you parents that are here today, we have uh, in the new, I'm going to go from the New Living Testament, basically says, he's talking about these Ten Commandments, these Ten things that you need to teach your children. It talks about teaching your children. And it says, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you are on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up in the morning and tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. As I said, these are not rules to bind your children up, but mom and dad, these are rules to set them free from what the world would like to bind them to and to ruin their lives. And they need to know those. And you are the one to teach them. Jesus is saying this morning to us, I think this morning, I'm the Lord your God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God and one Lord. 
and I rescued you from the slavery of your sin, and you must not have any other gods before me. I lavished unfailing love for a thousand generations and on those who love me and obey my commands. And to the kids, I know they're not here, but honor your father and your mother. That's just a few of the commandments, but in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 6 through 21, those 10 commandments, the apostle Paul said they were the schoolmaster to help you in life. But chapter 6 is where we're going to focus. If you look at chapter 6, has the heading in my Bible, the greatest commandment. We find that in verse 4 and 5, in addition to the Ten Commandments, it's not part of the Ten Commandments, it's in addition to, some people call this the Eleventh Commandment. It's the greatest commandment. It's not part of the Ten Commandments. This is the one that if you really get it, you almost won't have to worry about the others. Ever since I was a young man, I've been trying to balance God's truth and his grace and God's truth and his love. And and I love the pastor's message he had a, a month or so ago when he preached a series on what is a Christian. And he talked about two sinners, two women. Glad he didn't talk about us men. But uh, he talked about two women that were caught in adultery. And he, and he said... I think the perfect balance of truth and grace was Jesus Christ. Jesus offered them truth. He didn't condemn them, but through the Holy Spirit, he brought conviction. But then he offered them grace and forgiveness. And that's the perfect balance of love. And in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37, Jesus is asked by a Pharisee, who was trying to test him. And what is the greatest commandment of the law of Moses? And in Matthew 22, 37 and 38, Jesus answers the question by quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6. The Pharisee knew the answer because twice a day, every day, he would repeat this in the morning and the evening. It's called the Shema. In Hebrew, that means to listen and obey. Now, I always talk to my wife about my sermons, and the last two weeks after I told her about what Shema meant, she keeps going around the house, and every time I'm not listening, she's saying, Shema. So guys, there you go. Ladies, there you go. There's your word. When when they're not listening, Shema. Jesus replies to the Pharisee in chapter 6 and verse 4, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. And this is the first and the greatest commandment. And the children of Israel were given this law in 1446 BCE. So they had this law for 1500 years before Christ reminds them again that this is the greatest commandment. It demanded that they love God with every aspect of their life. And they, would, and they took the, the mezuzah. Anybody know what a mezuzah is? You got any uh, Jewish friends in here? Well, a mezuzah contains the Shema. And it's made in different materials in the, in the Jewish communities, but it has little nail holes in both ends of it. 
In every Jewish home, every Orthodox Jewish home, you will find a mezuzah as you go in the doorway. Have you ever noticed how the Jew will stop and touch the doorpost and they say a prayer? What they're doing is saying the Shema. Every time they go through the doorpost. And I've been told that most of the mezuzahs are nailed on a 45 degree angle like that and they're, mail, they're mailed at eye level of the head of the home so that when that door is open, God is looking into that home because it's a house dedicated to God and he looks in and he looks down into that home and that's why it's angled that way. And even in some of the Jewish homes, the children, every one of their bedrooms will have a mezuzah in the doorway and they mount the mezuzah at the height of the tallest child that lives in that room. So it was important. But it's more than words. It's so much more than just words. So question number one for this morning. How do you think the history of Israel, God's chosen people, might have been different if even most of them had made the command the very core of their heart. Not just repeated it over and over and over. You know, when you repeat things over and over and over again, sometimes you don't even think about what you're saying. In fact, you don't usually. And it, became, it becomes trite. But I'm not saying that the Jews were like, all that were like that. There were many of them that took it to heart. But I know there were many that did not take it to heart. And how do you think their history might have been different? In fact, can you think about the history of Israel and you think about all the struggles? Can you think about, if you studied the Old Testament, you know there were tremendous struggles. War after war. And further, even in the, the days that we know about, that there was so much that the Jews have had to suffer. See, the whole point of the greatest commandment was love. And the Lord Jesus wants you right now, this morning, to be motivated by his love and not by fear. Somehow many of the Old Testament believers, I think, got caught up in the Old Testament, the, the, uh, that missed the greatest commandment. They missed it because they added 621 laws to those 10 that God had given them. 621 man-made laws. And they got focused on the laws and focused away from the heart of God. Mom, Dad, how great would it be if your kids tomorrow picked up their room and made it spotless because they loved you, not because they were fearful of losing their allowance or fearing you for some other reason. I want to focus on the church just for a couple minutes. In Acts chapter 24 and verse 14, if you remember Pastor Ryan's message on what is a Christian, I just mentioned a while ago, it was a great series. I enjoyed that series so much, and I was sad when it stopped. But he mentioned that the word Christian only appears in the New Testament twice because it was a slur. It was a derogatory statement. The beginning of Christianity had many who held contempt for the followers of Christ. 
And that was true for many in history, but as time went on, the word Christian and the sacrifice of Christ and the life of Christ became known so well, and it was revered by many. And Christianity and the Holy Spirit working in people's lives changed the world. Jesus never owned a home, hardly had a bed, a place to lay his head, but his life changed the entire world. His love changed the entire world. But see, it's sad to say, but today, I hate to say it, but once again, the word Christian has become a derogatory statement to many people. The word Christianity, that word is not used by the world around us as a wonderful name for the disciples or the followers of Christ. The name Christian is no longer revered as it was for almost 2,000 years. In the early days, the Jews and the Romans and others called the body of Christ a cult. And they were also called the people of the way, a cult. And I get that from Acts chapter 24 and verse 14 where Paul says this, but I admit that I follow the way, which they call a cult. I worship the God of our ancestors, and I firmly believe the Jewish law and everything written in the prophets, and I have the same hope in God that these men have here. And I think he was pointing to many of the Jews. There were, there were some Gentiles there, but there were many Jews there. And he, he said, I'm just like these people. I'm not a cult. I believe like them. And, and in the early days, disciples of Jesus were radically changed by the life and the ministry of Jesus and the church of Christ grew and millions joined the body of Christ and the world found hope in the life of Jesus Christ. But things have changed. And Jesus didn't mess up the name Christian. I'm afraid the church has done that. We have done that. C.S. Lewis said this, the best argument for Christianity is Christians. Their joy, their certainty, their completeness, but the strongest argument against Christians is also against Christianity is also Christian. When they are somber and joyless, when they are self-righteous and smug in complacent consecration, when they are narrow and repressive, then Christianity dies a thousand deaths. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, you don't have to turn there, but it says. Concerning, in verse 3, it says, concerning the coming of Christ, it says, don't be deceived. The falling away must come first. What does that have to do with the greatest commandment? Everything. The church has failed in many ways, and I think we can lay much of the blame at the feet of our brokenness and our unwillingness to truly love Jesus with all of our hearts. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians warns of the apostasy, which indicates lukewarm hearts. And Jesus warned in the, uh, the, to the church in Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 15. He says, I know your works. You are neither hot or cold, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Anchor, we don't want to be a lukewarm church, do we? I know we have a lot of great people here that give and work so hard. Believe me, the crews that set up and tear down, and I see the dedication. And we do a pretty good job about touching people's lives when they come in here. 
But we can always do better. We can always do better. Question number two, let's go to John chapter 13 and verse 33. And here's the question number two. How would church history be different if the church thought history would have taken to heart the new commandment that Jesus gave us in John 13, 33, and 34, and the greatest commandment that was given in Deuteronomy chapter 6? I just asked the question, number one, how different it would be if the Old Testament saints had taken the greatest commandment to heart. Maybe our Old Testament forefathers didn't zero in on the greatest commandment. At least many of them didn't. The words they repeated, as we talked about, were not in their hearts. Well, what about us? We have the greatest commandment that they had. And Jesus also gave us the new, the new commandment. Old Testament saints had one and we have both. What is the passion of our hearts here at Anchor? What do the people of Milford say when they mention Anchor Church? Pastor Ryan has given us a great point of focus for our church, and it was even said this morning. I believe it's our mission statement, to know God and to make Him known. And I love that statement, to know God and to make Him known. It's a great statement. Please hear this. The greatest commandment in Deuteronomy 6 and the new commandment Jesus gave us in John 13 contains the power to make that mission statement a reality. I really believe that. And Pastor Ryan and Robin have a new addition to their families. We just talked about a while ago. And Topanga Riley is the newest member of the Martinez family. What a wonderful blessing. Daddy's little girl. I have three, and I love them so much, little girls. But who do you think is getting the most attention right now in the Martinez family? The newest, most vulnerable member gets the undivided attention right now. In our Anchor Church family, do we focus on the new people? I think we do a pretty good job, but I, I really think we can do better. I know I can do I'm telling you, I'm preaching this message. God always does that to myself first. And I need to do a better job. But they come here through those doors, Sunday mornings, looking for the love of Jesus. And we have a two-minute sharing time, and, the, and many of us talk to them, but I think we need, you know what, I can remember visiting churches in Florida when I moved there not long, I mean, that was a long time ago, but we, we visited 20-some churches. And we, you know, where we ended up was where there were people in line wanting to tell us, <clears throat> they wanted to find out who we were. And it wasn't about them, they were asking about who we were, wanted to know about us. And they showed the love of Christ. And so we want to we can always do better. We can always do more in loving people and in loving the Lord. I think, God, I think the Lord Jesus is calling us to a higher standard. And the new command that Jesus gave to his disciples in John 13, 34, and 35, <clears throat> this new commandment was extremely important for the church. And Jesus is about to go to the cross. And he's in the upper room. And before he gives the command to the church, he says in verse 33, Dear children, I will be with you just a little longer. As I told the Jewish leaders, 
You will search for me, but you won't find me. I'm going. And Jesus says, listen, this command is so important because I won't be here walking among you and talking with you much longer. Where I'm going, you cannot come. So keep this commandment that I give to you, a new commandment I give to you. And here it is, that you love each other. And not that you just love each other, but you love each other just like I have loved you. And your love for one another will prove to the world that you really are my disciples. Prove to who? The whole world. I think Jesus is saying to us this morning, Anchor Church, love me with all your heart. Love each other as I have loved you. And all of Milford and the surrounding area will know that you are true followers of me. Is there anything that you desire more this morning to be known as the most sincere and true follower of the Lord Jesus, in love with Jesus, and in love with the body of Christ, the family of believers that you worship with every Sunday? So here's my heart in the question number one and two, really. How would our legacy be different? How would our reputation be different? if we truly took these two commandments to heart that Jesus gave the church, how would you be different? But more than that, as I preach to myself, how would I be different? What kind of church do you really want to be? What do we want to be known for? What would it be like if all of us took to heart both of these commandments? To love the Lord first and foremost and to love each other as broken as we are, and lend love broken people that the Holy Spirit sends through those doors every Sunday. See, some people come here with very little hope. This is their last hope. They want to see if Jesus is real. God wants to use you and he wants to use me to let him know that he is real. Pastor Brian Zahn Zahn said this, speaking of ministering to a broken world. He said, we should be agents of healing because we have the medicine of mercy. I want to repeat that. We should be agents of healing because we have the medicine of mercy. I'm talking about spiritual healing and emotional healing and physical healing. And the love of Jesus is the medicine His love flowing through us and the forgiveness of Jesus is the mercy. When visitors come to Anchor Church, they should find unconditional love, acceptance, and forgiveness. And in the days ahead, I pray that the people of Milford will come to know this church for those very reasons. Agents of healing as we give the medicine of mercy. Do you really love Jesus enough that you want to be with him, to spend time with him each day? By being with him, we become more like him. And the more we become like him, guess what? Then we begin to do what Jesus did. Jesus loved unconditionally. He loved sacrificially. He loved, his love never ends. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And that's agape love. 
This is what I want you to take home. Dr. Peter Scazzaro said this, loving God and people well is the defining characteristic of a mature Christian. Loving God and people well is the defining characteristic of a mature Christian. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, if I could speak all the languages of earth and angels, but didn't love others and God, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. This message this morning was for me. See, I need to stop giving people excuses not to love Jesus and believe in him. I think the people around us will take notice if we truly love Jesus like he loves us. The choir of the uh, praise team would come up right now. I just want to end with Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. This is a prayer for the Ephesians to grow in Christ's love and that their hearts would grow totally in love with Jesus. And it says, when I think of all this, and what he had just said was talking about how he had suffered for Christ so much. You know, he had three different times he was beaten, 39 lashes. Many times people died from just one beating. He had three of those. He was boiled in oil. He was shipwrecked. He said, when I think of all this, when I think of all of these trials I've been through, Paul says, the creator of everything in heaven and earth, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. But what I love so much is this one line. It says, Christ will make his home in your hearts. Is Christ at home in your heart today? Oh, that he would be at home in my heart forever. All of God's people should, how wide, how, should know how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. They experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Praise team, if you'd lead us. I just want us to stand, and, or if you sit, do what you want to right now, but I want us just to take the next few moments and really look at our own hearts together and think about what we've heard this morning. I know this is a loving church. I'm not, I didn't say, have any indication that it's not. But you know, I learned one thing in, in the business world. If you shoot at nothing, you, you hit nothing. We need to aim higher. We need to be the church that's known for all around Milford, the church that loves like Jesus loved. Now I pray that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, the love of the Father go with you. Thank you, Lord, for the new member we have in the, of our church 
you blessed the Martinez family with. Watch over them, protect them in this time. Lord, others that might be hurting, Lord, I pray for their healing today. I pray, Lord, for our healing in our hearts today, that we would be all that you've called us to be, Lord, and much more. Totally in love with you, Lord. And Lord, that we would love each other, that the community around would know us by our love. That we're not a church that fights each other, we're a church that loves each other. It's because of your grace, it's because of your mercy, it's because of your wisdom. Bless us now as we go. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.